Welcome back to the Jamil Gabriel Show. I'm your host, Jamil Gabriel. So let's first talk about what everyone in you know the world is talking about. How this one girl at the Olympics decided to turn her back during the national anthem. Now, this was, I believe, a preliminary before the actual Olympics, so it really doesn't count. She can now compete, I guess. They usually pick, like, the top three people that were, you know, training. So, um, personally, it is your right to do so, but I think this is incredibly stupid. In, in all honesty, right? I, you know, I even supported Colin Kaepernick, all right? A mediocre quarterback to kneel during the national anthem. You know what? That's his right to do so, you know, no harm, no foul. Now, this is the kicker that I just, I, I mean, if I was in charge of the Olympic Committee, I would fire her. And that's, you are there to represent the United States. That That is what you do, okay? You are there to represent that your country is the best at a specific sport. That is how you win gold medals. Have you ever heard of Miracle on Ice? It was America versus the Soviet Union. And for a while, the Soviets and America were like neck and neck, you know, in terms of military strength. So they fought against each other on the hockey, uh, you know, on the hockey field. I don't know, or ice rink, rather. And so, you know, when America won, everyone cheered because that's like a representation of America and freedom and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, triumph over the Soviet Union. That's what you go to the Olympics for. That is what you go to the Olympics for. When South Korea won against North Korea, it was kind of like a triumph. It's kind of just bragging rights. Olympians don't actually get paid. They don't get paid. They just, they're there to represent whatever country they're representing. Like Usain Bolt represents Jamaica. When he goes and competes, he represents Jamaica. And he's proud of it. So turning your back is just kind of like, well, I don't really represent America. So my question is, why would you even compete? You have a choice to go and compete in the Olympics. If you don't like America and you don't believe it in it, then don't represent us, okay? You are technically representing the American people. You're representing the ideals and what the country believes in and that they are the best at whatever sport. That, that is why you compete, Okay, it's not for you. It's for the American people. It's for that country. Okay, when Soviets did it, they did it because they believed that the Soviet Union had better, you know, training. That's what Rocky Four was about when they fought, you know, the Russian who was actually, I think he's from, uh, where is he from? I, I don't even remember. But that actor was actually super smart, but he's not actually Russian. But yeah, so I, I just don't understand. If I was in the Olympic Committee, I would just fire her. Be like your your purpose is to literally just you know compete. That that is what you're supposed to represent us. All right, you're supposed to represent the American people. And now you don't even want to stand or face you know the national anthem because I'm butthurt for what. And you know she claims, oh, it's the injustices. Well, riddle me this: Why is it that nine people, unarmed black people, died last year, the whole year? By police officers, nine. Now, granted, that is nine too many. But what about the white people? 19 unarmed white people were shot and killed by cops. So why not, you know, speak out against the injustices of the white people? Why not? Why don't you speak up the injustices of, 
you know, the 7,000 innocent black people that were killed by inner city crime, by gang violence. Why don't you speak up against that? Why does it all of a sudden have to be, oh, it's a white person that killed this black person? Well, what about black people? I mean, the life is still taken. Okay, it shouldn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. That life is gone. It is dead. That individual ceases to exist from now to eternity. They are gone. Okay, so why not talk about that? Oh, because, you know, black people can't be racist. Well, they're killing each other in, you know, massive numbers. You need to, you know, prevent that. And... Now let's let's change the channel a little bit, all right? Lori Lightfoot was asked a difficult question. And you can look it up because I'm not going to bother. I mean, Chicago is failing. It is dying. And it's really sad because I used to live there. And I love the food of Chicago, all right? If you, if you could find me a place that serves a good Chicago dog, I am down. Any time of the night, I am there. Okay. But I don't live in Chicago anymore, all right? Or a Chicago deep dish pizza. Now, we have a Chicago deep dish place in Colorado Springs. The guy's from Chicago. But it's not as gooey and delicious as, you know, an actual Chicago pie. But I digress. Lori, you know, Dirty Foot or Light Foot or whatever, uh, got a question about what what is the, you know, individual or what is she doing about um the increase in crime and what did she do blames it on the donald well it's because of covid that uh an increase in crime happened actually Lori, i have the statistics crime went up 10 percent at 2019 when you were elected 10 percent, and it increased to 15 percent and now it's at 20 percent from 2018 so 2019, you were elected. 2021, it has increased about 25%. It's like 23.2%. So now she claims, well, it's the murder. Murders are down. Okay. That's when she, this reporter like got slammed. She like, she like, you know, bitched about this reporter because he was white and she's like, oh, he's going after me. In fact, it's really funny if you watch the video, like, you know, Lori Lightfoot's goons are like trying to take away his, you know, uh, microphone, but they know it's a bad idea because they're on film. And if they do that, oh, that reporter is just going to go and slam Lori Lightfoot even more. So he had, she had to answer the question. OK, but she's like, I don't appreciate your rhetoric that is poisoning the uh, the black community in Chicago. Hold on. Twenty five percent increase in violent crimes, violent crimes. It just doesn't count just murder she did say that murder is down but i mean what are you gonna <laughs> murder's down but you know theft rape all that other stuff is up that's something to be proud of are, are you serious how about all crime just go down okay all of it um so she she is just a joke in existence. Uh, she get she gets booed at every game that she appears in. Her she can't keep staffers. Staffers are quitting by you know by the hundreds. She can't keep them. Yeah, um, they've sued, saying that she is just a disaster to work with. So 
it, it just astonishes me that Lori Lightfoot can't just, and this is not just Lori Lightfoot, this is the Democrats in general. Democrats cannot answer a tough question. They can't. I mean, even Jen Psaki would be like, oh, let's circle back to this and, or I'm going to circle back to this. What? Just answer the question. Just answer it. And so um, <laughs> Kamala Harris visited the border. All right. So I, I'm not familiar with Texas. All right. I do not know the Texas border. Um, I believe she, I believe, okay, this is what I remember. I do know for a fact she was 800 miles away from the actual crisis from all those people. She went to the lowest amount where people are crossing, the absolute lowest amount, 800 miles away from where the actual immigrants are, you know, crossing. So apparently the Rio Grande border or like the area, it's called the Rio Grande that that area is like strife with people. Those are the people that are being put in prison or in kids in cages, all that other stuff. They're wearing Kamala Biden shirts. They're screaming, let us in. That is where most of everyone trying to cross the border is going. She goes to El Paso, Texas. Okay, El Paso, Texas is 800 miles away from where the actual crossing is happening. Now, mind you, there is like a couple stragglers there but it's not even nearly i think el paso gets like one to two crossers per year per year is where she's going she's still she has that ego she cannot she cannot admit defeat she can't she can't admit defeat that you know trump was right that everyone is right and she should have just visited the border now she's like oh well i visited the border what are you talking about uh, i visited it she didn't even give a speech there. It was like a photo op. I mean, of course, it was supposed to be a photo op anyway, but she didn't even visit because she cannot. She can't just look at those people that she promised that they would let them in to the country. She can't look at them and say, do not cross the border. OK, I'm sorry I lied. I did it as you know, for political reasons. OK, um, a lot of presidents do it. A lot of vice presidents do it. I did it to get elected. All right. I'm sorry. It was a mistake. Done. All right. But her ego is just so massive. She cannot. She can't miss. Uh, she can't admit defeat. And this is the. Uh, this is the best part is that Trump tomorrow is going to actual Rio Grande. He's going there with Governor Abbott and they're going to go and actually see. um the actual border crisis. So, I mean, she's still not going to admit defeat. And it's just, it's crazy. It's just completely insane. Now, I'm going to talk about, you know, the Don, all right? And, you know, I'm not trying to get everyone's hopes up. So I saw the Ohio rally. It's more or less the same thing. It's hilarious. It's awesome. Trump just has that way, okay? But first, let's talk about his exoneration. So, as a lot of you might know, um, the state is so they can't sue him federally. They can't try him on crimes federally. So what they're trying to do is try him on crimes by the state level, which is why they disbarred Rudy Giuliani, because Rudy Giuliani is a pretty good damn uh, good attorney. I mean, he took down the mafia. 
That's not that's not like a cakewalk, right? He used the Rico statute that was I believe that came out in the 50s or 40s. I think after Al Capone or no, I think during Al Capone's reign, the Rico statute came out and um it kind of helped, you know, with Al Capone or that's what it was trying to do. But no one really ever used it. So um, Rudy Giuliani just found the you know law and was like, why don't we just use it to take down the mafia? So it crippled the mafia. I mean, don't get me wrong. The mafia is still around, but it crippled them. They are not at nearly, <laughs> nearly as strong as um, what they once were. And if you don't believe me, just look up Michael Francis. He was um, a cap regime in the Colombo crime family. He was taken down by um, Rudy Giuliani. So he'll even tell you about it. He says it, the mafia is still around, but it's not nearly as strong as it once was. Once they got rid of the bosses, pretty much, you know, the body of the snake died. Well, um, they've been trying to go after him on the state level. And now that they found nothing, all right, after everyone was like, yeah, this is going to be nothing again. I mean, how many times have we learned this thing? Um, the DA essentially said, there's no evidence and we're going to exonerate him. Now the Twitter, you know, the Twitter mob is coming out like, no, 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 we can still get him on this charge, on this charge, on this charge. And of course, it's going to happen the second time and then the third time. And so... And so on and so forth. And, you know, MSNBC and, you know, Clinton News Network is coming out and saying, oh, we got him this time. He's going to be in handcuffs. He's going to be going to prison. First off, if he goes to prison, okay, everyone has is going to, you know, lose faith in the government completely. It's going to be almost damn near a civil war. It's going to be like bloody or bleeding Kansas, all right? which is like the precursor of the Civil War. It's kind of like what happened. So it, it's going to turn into bleeding Kansas because we're going to give up on the government completely. I mean, it's already on shaky grounds. The government is already on shaky ground. No one is paying attention to the government. No one's paying attention to anything. I mean, a lot of people are even saying like, I, why should I vote? I mean, they're going to cheat anyway. So no one's caring about the government. Police are police. 80 police officers in Portland, Oregon left in one day, in one day, they quit. They quit the force, all right? 80. That's insane. So there's no faith in the government. There is none. After this election, it just destroyed, you know, what the image of the government is. And people are not going to have it. And if you put Donald Trump in jail, it will destroy whatever trust people have with the government completely. It'll, it'll completely destroy. There won't be any more unity. You'll be on the verge, and I keep telling you this, you will be on the verge of a civil war. It'll be just like bleeding Kansas. Now, and speaking of civil war, I have to apologize, okay? I was, I, um, the Battle of Shiloh was won by the Union, okay? I was thinking of the Battle of Manassas, the first battle, the Bull Run Battle, where Stonewall Jackson kept the uh, Union at bay even though they were like outnumbered like four to one. So, I mean, it was, it was crazy, but that's the battle I was thinking of. So I'm sorry. Um, yes. Battle of Shiloh 
it was Grant's, you know, victory. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Battle of Shiloh because I don't know a lot about it. But yes, the Battle of Shiloh was a un union victory. So I apologize for that. And I recant my statement from, you know, the previous podcast. So anyway, Trump was exonerated. Now the meet now, you know, Twitter is like, well, we could get him this time, get him that time. And so this is the most hilarious part. So he talks about it in his Ohio rally. Um, people are like, well, what if you go um, run for Speaker of the House? And Trump's like, yeah, I could do that. Now, this is a pipe dream, guys. I don't want you guys to get excited. But could you imagine what would happen if he got because he only needs 218 votes. I mean, we're Republicans are on track to get House. That's almost guaranteed right now, unless something big happens and they completely mess up. Republicans will probably get House in 2022. Now, they only need 218 to elect Trump as the Speaker of the House. So if Trump runs for, you know, Congress, he's going to win. He's because he's going to run in Palm Beach, Florida, in that county. So he's going to win no matter what. Now, if he also gets, you know, Speaker of the House, could you imagine that? Could you imagine two years of Trump doing the same thing that Pelosi did to him? Could you imagine him? He's going to every day put impeachment proceedings to Joe Biden. Every day he's going to be like, oh, I'm just going to impeach you for this. I'm going to impeach you that. He's going to make... Because if you don't know, Trump is definitely a narcissist, all right? He is a huge narcissist. But, hey, that's okay, all right? I thought it was going to, you know, it, I even talked about this before I had a podcast. I said his presidency could be one of two things, all right? His narcissism can, you know, ruin this country. Or he would love, he wants to be loved by everyone, like Alexander the Great, and, you know, be one of the greatest presidents in U.S. history. And fortunately, he chose latter because he wants to be loved. He wants that attention. He loves attention. You didn't know that. He absolutely loves attention. So he's definitely a narcissist. But with his narcissism, he wants people to respect him. So he does good things for the American people. He does great things for the American people. And that's why he's laughing. That's why he doesn't say like, he didn't, when everyone called him racist and all that other stuff, he didn't care. He didn't say anything about it. It's because he's getting coverage. I mean, they're living rent-free. He's living rent-free inside their heads. So it's not even just rent-free. I mean, they have a whole, like, Trump Tower in their heads, all right? So could you imagine if he was the Speaker of the House for two years and he's just going after Joe Biden? And he's going to—and you know he's going to make a big fuss about it, right? Because he's going <laughs> to— He's going to like, you know, spend with his own money, probably spend like a thousand dollar pens, just like Nancy Pelosi did. But, you know, she did it with ta uh, the American taxpayers and make, you know, Congress sign impeachment orders. I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to go anywhere. But if he was the Speaker of the House, that would be insane. That would be hilarious because Nancy Pelosi would be like, well, I, I'm going to vote against it. And, you know. He's trying to get, you know, um, congressmen and he's putting, you know, his word out there. So these people are going to be like, well, I'm signing, you know, I'm signing this because this is Trump's party. So imagine like Joe Biden every week 
<laughs> going, well, I'm being impeached again. And then now Senate has to stop and Senate's not going to be able to get anything done because they're going to have to vote and listen to this impeachment order. Okay. It can't be shot, shot down from Nancy Pelosi. Now, this is just a pipe dream. And then, like, in 2024, he runs for president, okay? And you can't say that Speaker of the House can't run for president. I mean, Gerald Ford got there. So, I mean, it, it's a pipe dream. Sure, it is a pipe dream. But he did say, you know, yeah, that's very interesting. I might just do that. So he's he's open to it. But, you know, I don't know, right? It would be the ultimate kick in the balls for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats if Trump decided to run for Speaker of the House and just do everything that they did. They would, he'd, ve uh, you know, Joe Biden would veto a bill and then it would go back to Congress and then he'd just pass it anyway. Because the Speaker of the House has that power. And then they would just pass the bill anyway. And so <laughs> there'd be nothing that they could do. <laughs> All right. Anyway, speaking of, you know, Nancy Antoinette or Nancy P Piglosi is what I like to call her. But Nancy Antoinette, um, her nephew is in hot water. So he is officially being recalled. So he has to do an actual election. Now, this is the thing. All right. Just like I keep telling everyone, I say, if you're losing, just move the goalposts. Just move the goalposts because that's how Democrats work. Well, surprise, surprise, I found this article. California Democrats passed law to change recall rules and help Governor Newsom fend off challengers. California Democrats changing the rules to help Governor Gavin Newsom fend off recall effort, which is officially certified only days ago. State officials confirmed last week the recall against Newsom would proceed after recall organized collect 1.7 million signatures. So, um, essentially what they're doing is they're moving the election date a month before, okay? So now the challengers don't have time to raise the funds to be able to run a successful election, okay? Um, I do know in Colorado to run for, you know, to even put your name on the ballot, you have to raise $5,000 of not your own money. So you have to have at least 5,000 people donate a dollar to you for your campaign now you could do that in a month now you just shortened it the election is now going to be in september so you have one month right now and i don't know california's laws about this but it's going to be a lot more difficult to you know do an election or to run a successful 